Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. Hey. And on today's episode, we talk about Dumbo. Hello. Uh, listeners, so I would like to paint a picture right now. You see, we started this episode, and our good friend Kylie. Uh, had her hood over her head and she spoke the first few lines through it as if it were a mask and currently she has removed said hoodie and is now rubbing her eyes and face in a pained motion and I'm not totally sure if it's because of our prior conversation and recording or if it's because of Tim Burton's 2019 Dumbo. <laughs> Guys, I just got stabbed. I am bleeding everywhere. <sighs> hey. Hey, Kylie. How's hey. it going? It's fine. It's going well? Yeah. I just, I realized that I shouldn't ask questions to things I actually don't care about. So, Kylie. Nope, nope, we're, nope, nope, Josh. I wasn't going to tell the whole story. I was just going to, like, give some context. We're going to get there in a few weeks. So our friend Kylie wanted to know about the timeline of the Tesseract, and so I started telling her about it, and then she didn't care anymore. Yeah, I asked you, I was like, I don't care, but then you just kept talking. But you asked! You asked the question, and, and I had to finish and it. And then I said, it's okay. <laughs> I decided I don't care. Well, today, we are here to talk about a film, and a filmmaker who uh, I have some ups and downs with. Kylie, do you have some ups and downs with this filmmaker? No. Just all downs? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're like, none of it's good. Well, no, 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 no. I, I was just at the top. We were started at the top. Uh-huh. Now we're here. Okay. But, like, there's a huge swath of the career that I just, like, skipped. <laughs> so, like, all, most of us were like, oh, yeah, we're going to slide down this mountain on a sled. And we're like... Wee! Oh, it's over, but it's still going. And you're like, free fall, jump! <laughs> yeah. Oh, great, perfect. I jumped from one mountain to the other. No, because, like, cause like th saying that I have an up and down would, like, would suggest that my trajectory throughout his career goes up, down, and then up again. But for me, it started up and then just went down. And so I just had downs. <laughs> Um, the filmmaker that we are talking about today is uh, Timothy Q. Burton. What's the Q for? I don't know. I don't think Q is right. I think it just sounded good. Walter. Walter is right. Timothy Walter Burton. Oh, so close. Q, W, they're not that far off in the alphabet. Tim Burton, my friends. We're here to talk about his new film, Dumbo, as he remade the 1941 Disney animated classic. Luke's remake. A pretty, pretty spot on remake. Uh, my, my hot take... It is described as a loose remake. Uh, my, my take on this, he just remade the same film twice in the same movie. He remade Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo twice? Nope, he, uh, remade, uh, Dumbo for the first 45 minutes, and then he remade it again for the second 45 minutes. Well, you know. Because that's what you do. Uh, anyway, we'll get to Dumbo here in a second, but before we do that, Kylie, I have an inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite for you. Uh, inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite time, friends. It is all about our friend Tim Burton, and I would like to know, what is your favorite Tim Burton film? 
Why don't you answer the question? Uh, so I, Tim Burton as a filmmaker is somebody who, when I was younger, I really, really was on board with. And I, almost anything he put out I liked. Uh, and it was a filmmaker who I started looking more and more forward to. He's very much kind of like a young child's first, like, director that I think they can figure out that, like, this guy makes movies, and this movie is made by this guy because they all kind of look and feel the same. And it's that very early auteur recognition that you can get with a director like Tim Burton. And I don't think it's bad that his style is worn on his sleeve. I do maybe have issues with the fact that it hasn't really changed for the better in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, so a lot of my favorite stuff is going to be from his early portion of his career before he kind of got too reliant on CGI. And I, uh, but, but again, my favorite is not necessarily even one of the big ones. It's his little film known as Ed Wood. Uh, Ed Wood stars Johnny Depp as the titular director, Ed Wood, the quote-unquote worst director in Hollywood history, and it's essentially a very strange little biopic about Ed Wood and the films that he made, including uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Glenn or Glenda, and then it really also dives really deep into his relationship with Bela Lugosi, as played by... Amond. Oh my gosh. No, I'll look it up, you keep talking. But I, I, literally, the end of my sentence is this guy's name. Um, played by... Oh my gosh. I'm so mad at myself right now. You for, should be. For not remembering... Martin Landau! Martin Landau! Played by our Oscar winner, Martin Landau. Who won for this role. Uh, yeah, so the movie is, I think, a really, really good use of Burton and his skills and how he can actually examine what it's like to be an outsider in our world, which is what, the, which is the thing that he's the most interested in, in a way of turning something that we already think we know about on its head. And so, yeah, I really like Edward. What do you think, Kylie? What you got? I used to thought, I thought you liked Big Fish the most. Um, that was a true story until I rewatched Big Fish. Sorry, Big Fish. Yeah. You suck now. You don't suck. You're, you suck. You're definitely still in the top five. You suck, Big Fish. I mean, there's a there's a person there known as uh, Billy Connolly who is not good. I think I think my number one's Dark Shadows. Okay, great. <laughs> because it's dark and, and has shadows? shadows. No, uh, I've never seen Dark Shadows. I have self respect. Oh, I, I have. I, I had a mom who made me go see it. Josh, just... Yeah. <laughs> mom, we can hang out in my house. <laughs> Instead. Um, I don't think she'd ever come over to my apartment. Uh, I don't know. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Great! Why Pee-wee? I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah, Pee-wee's great. <laughs> it's just... PB is almost certainly my number two. It's just like, we're on a bike, there's a guy, he has a silly voice, I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh no, Josh, I like, most of my friends were like Burton heads in high school, and so I, at the same time, watched Burton movies, but I wasn't like, you know what film really speaks to me? 
Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. That's how I describe myself. Okay. Um, like, you know what movie I really liked? I really liked Sweeney Todd because, like, so great. <laughs> I had I had lots of friends in middle school and high school who were like that, but I was like, yeah, I mean, like, he's weird. <laughs> he's a pretty weird guy. Yeah. Um, and I haven't actually seen most of his movies. There's a, there's a large sloth where I'm just like, what? Like, the dog's, like, brought back to life? I don't care. <laughs> uh, uh, spoiler alert, Kylie. No one cared. <laughs> um, the Academy did. Um, I also like Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice is great. Batman. Yeah, I'm on board with all the Batman. Yeah, all of them? All the ones he did. What else do you do? Batman. Batman. Thank you, Josh. I've named them. That's it. <laughs> That's Just no like two. other films. He's only made. Two oh, films. sorry. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. I have a lot of passion for. Yeah. Like he made that movie for me and Just only for, for me. You and, and B. J. Johnson. Paul F. Tompkins. No one cares who got Paul F. Tompkins. I I care about Paul F. Tompkins. No, Josh. You're gonna put Paul F. Tompkins above B. J. Johnson. I mean, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like... Let's see, what else haven't we named? Big Eyes. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Haven't seen. Corpse Bride. Boring. Planet of the Apes. Haven't <sighs> seen. Alice in Wonderland. We'll never talk about that. Miss um, Peregrine. Boring. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alright, friends. Well, if you want to tell us what's your favorite Tim Burton film, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes with if it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Good good sound, good sound. That helps us get more listeners. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcasts. And now on with the show. Alright, Kylie. We, last night, together, we watched together a movie. For the first time in, like, months. Yeah, really. Who knew all it took was a 9.50 showing of Dumbo. It was an experience. Some guy, like, sat right next to me. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? Get away from me. There were lots of other options. Yeah. This is my... This is my row. It's literally called the Kylie row. Yeah. God, don't you know this, everybody? I love my row. It's become one of my favorite rows. Yeah. Very few people sit there, except for this guy. It's still not my absolute favorite, but... Some days I get to see You suggested the row in front of the bar, and I was like, so I could put my feet on the ground? There like was some, less people there, like Kylie. Like commoner? Less people. Expectations for Dumbo, Kylie. None. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had a little I bit. expected CGI. Uh-huh. I expected Check. Mi- Michael Keaton to not try. Or to try far too hard. Check on the second one. Uh, I expected Danny DeVito to be a laugh riot. Check. Cute elephant. Check, check. <laughs> too cute. Um, I don't know. I my expectations for it. I didn't have much. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the original Dumbo. What? I haven't seen the original Dumbo, Josh. I haven't seen it. Okay, I'm gonna let you know. I haven't seen most of the old Disney animated films because I just. Don't want to. <laughs> wow, all right. Uh, getting, getting real with us Maybe this I shouldn't say I don't want to, but I've never just sat down and been like, you know what, let me explore the classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I mean, we'll get, we'll get there for some of them. Why? Because 
I like them. They're all good movies. Well, not all. Josh. Uh, yeah. Josh. Yeah. We're never gonna get there. Why not? He has. It takes too much time. You have to give me a good reason as to why. Listen, I've already got two of them on the calendar for later this year. Yeah. Times can change. Yeah. Princess triple th- triple feature. So we only get to talk about their treatment of Anna, though, because Elsa's a queen. Oh, fine. That's great. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Or we can compare how they treat, like, queens. Oh, yeah. Because Ursula's a queen for a second. Uh-huh. And there is a queen in Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. She probably has a line. Maybe. Yeah, or we could look at their treatment of magical ladies. We'd be comparing Maleficent, Elsa, and Ursula. Speaking of, Disney apparently wasn't going to make enough money this year. Or they think this movie's going to be really bad. They pushed up the release date of Maleficent 2, the live-action Maleficent, to, like, sometime in the fall. Okay, well, we'll put it on the calendar. Uh, do we have to? I'm just doing it because you like Disney. I mean, I like Disney. I don't need to exclusively cover Disney. That's the only time we talk about new animated movies, really. (laughs) Yeah, because that's where I'm like, oh, hey, hang on. (laughs) Alright, uh, my expectations for Dumbo were... Did I say Peter Sellers was Henry Selleck? You did. They you did look, say Peter Sellers. They both Seller. look like Tim Burton pals. Peter Sellers is the Pink Panther. Um, oh. And Henry Selleck and Tim Burton, <laughs> I don't think, get along very well. Henry Selleck? Yeah. He looks like a Tim Burton person. Look at him. <laughs> Are you saying that Henry Selleck looks like a Tim Burton creation? Because <laughs> I don't think Henry Selleck would appreciate that very much at all. <laughs> He's got a teardrop face. Listeners, if you're not aware of who Henry Selleck is... He Wait, is... who did James and the Giant Peach? Henry Selleck. Oh! He directed... Oh, he's not an actor! No, he's... He also still looks like a Tim Burton creation. He's a director. He directed <laughs> Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton did not direct that. And then Henry Selleck also did um, James and the Giant Peach and Coraline... And Monkey Bone? There you go. Sorry. Yeah. You can't forget Monkey Bone. I mean... You can't forget Monkey Bone. I, I can. I won't let you. Oh, okay. Kylie, have you seen Monkey Bone? Yes, okay. I talk about how much I hate it all the time, Josh. I just I just gotta double check that that's a true story. Yeah. Stop looking at it and twitching. I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, great. I don't either. So, expectations for Dumbo. Ugh, I don't know, Josh. I, I just, like, I just thought you, it was going to be another, like, you, this era you, of Tim Burton's you, career. You, I, I need to give mine. What is yours? I, well, I mean, it was just, like, trying, and then we're, like, all over the place, and, like, huh. I'm a little distracted. What are you distracted by? I don't know, Josh. I don't remember most of this film. <laughs> but... You have a feather. I, I gave it to Anne. Yeah, true story. Uh, I was up and down from my expectations on Dunbo. I think that it started out very low because as soon as at this point in Tim Burton's career, somebody who I used to love, who I now very much don't like as a director because he hasn't done anything new or unique or different or said anything with his films in the last 15 years, and he's too reliant on CGI when he used to be a creative genius. So when I saw the name Tim Burton on the screen, I was like, out, pass, don't need... And then I started thinking about it. And then I was like, okay, this trailer is 
not the worst thing in the world. I don't mind this cover of Baby Mine. If there is a property that needs to be rebooted or remade, Dumbo is probably on that list. Uh, and we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but as I saw more things, I got a little bit more excited. And then I started seeing some initial reviews, which very much are mixed on this movie. I don't think anybody's like hardcore in. But some of the people that I respect and like came out pretty positive on the film. And so I was like, uh-oh, expectations started to rise. And then I sat down, and uh, I don't hate this movie. That's probably the nicest thing I can say about it. Am I allowed to talk now? Yeah, you were always allowed to talk. Well, you yelled at me when I, I didn't kept yell trying. at you. I didn't yell at you. You were like, I was, Kylie, I, no. you speak again, I'm gonna... No, I did not. <laughs> I was just saying that, like, I was trying to get my sentence out, and you were getting your sentence out, which is fine. We could talk together. It's fine. What, 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 what would you like to say? Hey, hey, everyone. Yeah, hey, what's up? My, my, my turn. Yeah. Uh, so, Tim Burton, whose newest uh, latest career I haven't, like, seen most of, right? Uh-huh. Uh... I saw Peregrine. Oh, can I? Sorry. Yeah. I, I had a question on Peregrine. Yeah. For a while, you didn't want to see Miss Peregrine, and I was trying to remember why. It looks bad. Okay. I thought it had something to do with, like, Tim Burton as a human for a second, and oh, I couldn't remember. Oh, there was just some comment. He, he, he made a comment that wasn't great. Wasn't a great... It wasn't the best argument oh, I've okay. ever heard. Okay. And he it, it was about, like, some people were like, man, wouldn't it be, like, cool if there was some diversity in this film? And he was like, but it's England! I don't need to have diversity. It's jolly old England. And, like, people were kind of like, well, that's not the best argument. Not at all. No. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's also, like, fictional times, and you can just, like, I don't know, who cares? Um, and then some people were like, well, he's never had people of color in his films. And I was like, okay, whoa, 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 everyone, we're taking that about a little too far. I mean, never is a strong <laughs> word. Well, and then Samuel Jackson was like, I think I'm the only black person that's ever been in a Tim Burton film. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm looking. Well, so there's Mars Attacks, where one of our main heroes... Oh, is Ving Rhames. Is Ving Rhames. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... With the two Batman he was setting up... Oh, uh, Billy Dee Williams. Billy Dee Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Yeah, his his track record's not great with diversity, but everyone, but like, I want to say that not African American, but um, Deep Roy, I think Deep Roy, I think is Indian American. That's what I thought too. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that Tim Burton is just a is a director coming from some form of privilege who doesn't necessarily see diversity, but, like, when he was talking about Miss Peregrine, like, he was just kind of, instead of just being like, you know what, you're right, maybe I wasn't thinking about it or being clear, his argument was just like, well, I, I want to, I don't need to do diversity at that, because yeah, of the okay. point in time that it is. Uh, Deep Roy is an Anglo-Indian actor born in Nairobi, Kenya, mm -hmm. and uh, lives in England. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think I, 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 that was just one of the reasons, but then I went and saw it, and I was like, I guess I understand why you didn't, like, I, not that I understand why he didn't have diversity in it, but like, I was like, okay... 
I guess to just continue this conversation forward with Dumbo, mm-hmm. he there is a prominent African American character in the film. Does the he have a line? Strongman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also great. Yeah. Strongman's great. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. The, he's the account. He's not okay. The other thing about Strongman. Okay. Yes. Uh, is that like even like the stereotype of like the, like the really strong person being like like there's the stereotype that the strongest person is also a dunce. Yes. Not the not case this here. Time. Yeah. He is the accountant. <laughs> He keeps the circus running. <laughs> he does inventory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito is not <laughs> doing too well on at keeping the books. No, not at all. Um. So I have a hot take. Okay, what you got? Uh. So I'm not sure if this has a main character in this film. I think that there is someone who they want to be the main character. Okay, who do they want to be the main character? I'm pretty sure they want Colin Farrell to be the main character. I think you're correct. Okay. However. Okay. I forget him. And Uh every time he popped up on screen, I'm like, oh my gosh, this character is in this film. You're like, Colin Farrell's in this movie. (laughs) And I was, just because like, there's something so, like, Colin Farrell, the acting in this film Keaton freaks me out. But the acting in this film, pretty good. Pretty solid. Minus one. Colin Farrell's Uh. doing good things. However, there's such a... I have such a sterile feeling towards Colin Farrell's character. Also, robot children. Oh. (laughs) Alright, okay. Alright, we're good. We're going. It's not a spoiler. They're not actually robots. Alright, so I guess let's start this conversation then with the performances. Because this is where we are. I agree with you that... The other reason for Miss Peregrine is because I don't like Eva Green very much. Okay. However, I am starting to take back my opinions on Eva Green. Okay. Maybe she should do something besides with Tim Burton. Well, that's when I started liking her. Is when she was with Tim Burton? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't like this other gobbledygook that she's in. Oh, okay. But I think the other reason why I don't like this other gobbledygook that she's in is because... Let me say something. She looks like a scary lady. Uh-huh. She is very intense, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, and so when you have a very intense lady, what is she going to do other than be a very intense kind of evil lady? Because yeah. <laughs> like with Casino Royale, I get that... It, minor spoilers for this film, that she's not really a bad guy. Right. However... For the first three-fourths of that movie, she's the bad guy. Yes. Like, and that's how we view her. And, like, in Sin City, she's the worst person. In 300 Rise of the Empire, she's the worst person ever. I think I remember who she is in Golden Compass, and she's not a great person in Golden Compass. Man, she's had a career. Yeah. But then, like, she comes to Tim Burton, who takes, like, these, like more Tim Burton-esque looking people and he like sometimes softens them around the edges. I just want to say I haven't seen Dark Shadows. What I remember in Dark Shadows, I think she's the villain. Okay, well, you know, we can't he <laughs> he was following the trend, but then he found the he found that she had a heart of gold. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm remembering of that. I movie. thought Michelle Pfeiffer was the villain. Maybe she is. I'm not totally a hundred percent sure. But anyways, Ava Green was literally cast to look pretty in a red dress. Yeah, that's so, why she was cast in Dark Shadows. So. That yes. is that. That was one of the things about Eva Green is that I didn't like her, but maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't say I didn't like her. I didn't like how she was used. I didn't Fair. like. Yeah. I guess like the characterizations of her, I just always was like, I don't really like this. 
But like with Miss Peregrine, which Miss Peregrine on the surface comes off as very like stern and yeah. like also like a scary lady, but like she's pretty cool. She got a, she got a home for peculiar children. children. Yeah. And then like I liked her quite a bit in Dumbo. Can I can I tell you that <laughs> Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children uh-huh. and Foster's home for imaginary friends titles get mixed up in my head, so I'm always like Miss Peregrine's home for imaginary friends. Like, is that the right one for this? Not really sure which home we're talking about here, everybody. Okay, so Colin Farrell. <laughs> Good for- Should we just go through the people? You- This is where you seem to be on board with, Colin so here Farrell. we go. Yeah, Colin Farrell, great. Great. Uh, plays a Kentucky-born, uh, cat ratter. Back from the war. Back from World War One. was right. Missing an arm. <laughs> I- I got that- I nailed that one. You did, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh- I, so this is a character that is not in the original uh, cartoon. And to start with on that sentence, I'm not going to compare this whole thing to the original cartoon because the original cartoon is an hour and four minutes long and it, there's not a ton of plot in the movie. The plot itself revolves around Dumbo being an outsider and losing his mom and needing to find a way to... figure out where he fits in the circus and uh, songs that's pretty much what the original Dumbo is I like the original Dumbo a lot but so this character is added and this is why like I agree with your take that I think this is supposed to be the main character and half of the reason why I think that is because he is first build and that usually signifies something I mean, if I'm going with the traditional, like, protagonist gotta learn and change... Where did he get there? He does learn and change. Yeah. It's not active. It's not interesting. It's not the... Point? Conflict of the story? That w- There's barely any conflict in this story. Well, he wants to get his mom. Yeah. And we shouldn't treat elephants badly. Yeah. Oh, that was... <laughs> okay, hot take here. Uh, not so hot take. I don't think this film's about that we shouldn't treat elephants badly at all. I think this film's like... Hey, they used to do this. Uh, look over here. <laughs> At least by the end, they say the circus is no longer exploiting animals, except for horses. Yeah, you know. There you go. Uh, great. Colin Farrell, worthwhile, awesome, solid. Michael Keaton. Oh, Keats. So Keats shows up like halfway through this movie. Yes. And no spoilers because, well, he's who Kurt Keaton is as a person. Uh, no, I'm just as an actor. Literally, the opening music cue of when this character comes on screen is like, bum, 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 bum. and you're like, oh, so the villains here? Great, thanks, friends. The villains here. Michael Keaton's performance in this movie is bad like i okay i love michael keaton and michael keaton usually is really spot on and within the last five or ten years he's been really on board with all of his performances and what he's doing works really well but coming back to work with burton he seemed to be like, I'm going to turn this up to 11. I'm going to be Beetlejuice levels of bonkers in this movie. And 
that's not the movie that was set up around him. And that's not what anybody else is doing in this movie. So the fact that Keaton just went for it and that Burton didn't stop it, I think is part of the issue. So Danny DeVito. Oh, do you not have any thoughts there on, on the Keaton? If he covered them. I, see, like, I was always like, so you think he went too far. I thought, I don't think Michael Keaton cares very much about what's happening. Yeah, but I, to me, if he didn't care, he would have given an Alan Arkin performance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I like Alan Arkin. That's not, <laughs> but was like. so much fun. Alan Arkin literally pulled a, uh, he pulled an Anthony Hopkins here. He's like, oh, yeah. NAR. I'm gonna do the script. When you're good enough, you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Danny DeVito. Hot take. Okay. Hot take. Danny DeVito should have been the main character. He kind of almost maybe sort of-ish was? Yeah, but he should be more underlined as the main character. Agreed. Main Th- character. This char- this movie should be about the ringmaster, which is uh, Danny DeVito's character, learning about... The, the circus's family, and so you gotta do what's best for your family. Family. Yes. Um... Uh, I do need one shot in my life forever and always, and that is... Whoa! <laughs> yes. Whoa! <laughs> We're dating That's you know. a little too Keanu. Oh, sorry. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some more wonder in there. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too bad. Oh. Bill, sorry. Oh. Yeah, DeVito's great. He's on point. He's literally my favorite part of this movie. He's funny. Uh, you think, like Danny DeVito, like... Like, he showed up. He showed up to play ball. He came to play. Yeah. Like, Burton was like, hello, let's complete the trilogy. And he's like, yes. And he's like, no more sunny in Philadelphia money? <laughs> he's like, I can get some of that Disney money I now? can get real money? Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and I think that, just like like we were saying, Danny DeVito seems to change the most over the film. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the... the he. Having the ring leader as the main character, I think, would have been far more interesting with the story that they present, considering Dumbo is not the main character, and that Dumbo's whole mission is to get back to his mom, that I think, and the ring leader is the one who essentially is, that causes the separation. I think that that just would have been, like, a nice little story, and then you can have, like, Colin Farrell and these children as, like, the side family that helps him learn the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. Absolutely. Eva Green. She was fine. Yeah. Finley Hobbins. I don't know which one of these children. Joe! Is this the boy or the girl? The boy. The children were great. They were wonderful children. They were not great actors. Like I, But I'm not going to judge them on their performances. I don't... He do a handstand for 10 he seconds. He do a handstand for 10 seconds! <laughs> these children are asked to carry far too much of this film. Mm-hmm. I think is really what the truth of the matter is. And... I don't blame them for their lack of characters and motive and like drive in the plot because that's all the script and that's all direction. Like they were cute kids being cute kids, but they weren't more than that. Yeah. And there was definitely one scene where it was between Colin Farrell and his daughter and they were trying to like connect over something and it was supposed to be this really big emotional moment and I was like, Colin Farrell doing work. This kid's really just saying lines. She's trying. She is trying. And I give her all the effort on the land. I'm not trying 
to like put her down. But she just didn't seem to be. Neither kid seemed to really be ready to carry this much of the movie. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Alan Arkin. Ah, oh, love Alan Arkin. No acting required. Show up, pat Danny DeVito on the head, call it a performance. That's all I needed. Yep, absolutely. And that's the end. Who is the one that plays the strong guy? Just because I think he was my favorite of the supporting performances, and I want to call him out. Josh, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. You found you found the uh, secretary who yeah. was uh, Sandy Martin. Good, good performance. Who did you? Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, you were. Okay. <laughs> he looks like him though. But anyways. All right. Uh, to dive a little bit deeper into not spoilers, but just the kind of structure of the film, I the film doesn't do anything with its opportunity to reinvent Dumbo. It does reinvent the the movie in the way that I appreciate that it needed to reinvent the movie. Meaning, Dumbo the animated cartoon has some very very dated segments including some crows who are racial stereotypes. And this film does a very good job of just saying those characters are not in the film and their purpose is not there. But outside of that element, one of the things that I was excited about for Dumbo was that it could, much like in the way that I think Pete's Dragon did very successfully, reinvent the story for a new audience. I'm just not sure there's enough story in Dumbo to make it worth a two-hour movie. Because I feel that what they did is, they did, like, 45 minutes in, you're like, oh, this is the plot of Dumbo, congratulations, we've done it. And then, like, Kylie literally at one point turns to me and is like, there's still an hour left in this movie. And I was like, what? Like, I was legit baffled as how there could be more left in this movie. But then... We get introduced to the second half of the film by the introduction of the Michael Keaton character. And then you just run the same plot again. It's basically like he adapted Dumbo twice. The first half of his movie and the second half of his movie are the same exact plot. The only difference is... Michael Keaton. (laughs) Michael Keaton. And it's on a bigger, grander scale. And... It was really frustrating because I will say that I was more on board with this movie for the first little bit of it. And then the longer we drug on, the more I was like, I don't need this movie. Let it be done. Let's get ready to Dumbo. Good old Michael Buffer. Yeah. The visual elements of the film were fine. I know that they built a lot of sets but weirdly enough, it still looked very CGI. Because, uh, like, I saw a special feature and they were like, we built all of these locations. As in, they're like, please stop saying our movies look like CGI trash. But maybe your movies kind of look like CGI trash even when you build locations, Disney. And so that's something that's a little upsetting. Dumbo himself is a really good CGI effect. I'm on board with Dumbo. I think he looks like an adorable little elephant, and uh, he was cute through the whole thing. Like, that marketing works out well. Good job creating a cute elephant. I don't know if I really care for any other... Like, there's nothing that stood out in terms of shots or, like, what he was doing. It's just... It's really bland, boring storytelling, and 
Tim Burton inside the Disney machine is nothing that I want. I don't need or want Tim Burton going through the motions and just adapting stories. I've said this for over a decade now, like since Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or whatever the first adaptation was, which I feel like that was the first adaptation. I don't need or want him... No, it was Planet of the Apes. Oh, Planet of the Apes, great. Um, so, sorry, I didn't no, mean yeah. to. I no, didn't you're fine. Mean to sound so snarky. You're fine. I <laughs> I like him when he's using his own original ideas. Like, okay, so I, Big Fish is an adaptation of a book, and Mars Attacks is an ad- adaptation of a card game. But those are in things where, like, the adaptation process is there's a creative process to it. There's no real. It's not originally a movie or originally a show or a cartoon or whatever it is. It's it's not a visual media. Yeah, that of moving pictures. Yeah. <laughs> he can still allow that creativity. And which is why in the last 15 years, the only one of his movies that I even like is Big Eyes. And again, that's just him adapting a book. Like, he, he felt like it's hard, It's very hard for somebody who is a career outsider who is now very much on the inside of Hollywood and its system to still make movies about the lonely, sad outsider and have it feel real and connected the movie itself is more manipulative than anything you ready for a metaphor okay uh or a journey through a thought process a journey through imagination nope so i don't like that movie what there's a movie called journey through imagination isn't that what he says like i'll take you in Willy Wonka and the pa- Chocolate Factory? Isn't that, like, one of the lines of the song that he sings where they're in the weird weird room? Come with me and you'll see in a world of pure imagination. Oh, so not a dream. Yeah, sorry. Okay, well, uh, whatever. I was referencing a, the, a Disney song that's in the Disney parks. Oh, I don't need that either. Yeah. Not everything has to be a reference! I know, so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, the band Say Anything... Uh-huh. Okay, so fan base, terrible people. Okay. Okay, like, not all of them, but, like, the boisterous ones often are, like, complaining about our main character, or are the lead singer of this, who before had a wife and uh. children and some set of stability in his life. Uh, people were much more into that music where it was just, like, pure raw anger, and while... He still has some pure anger within him and issues. Uh, the newer stuff seems a little bit more content and has stability and yeah. uh, matured, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. But the fans very angry about it all because they are not happy with the fact that he has like kind of just like he's no longer as much of an outsider, right? Okay. Which I think is similar to Tim Burton, and not in a way of, like, people are like, oh, I don't hate Tim Burton now that he seems to somewhat belong within society. Right. But it is just interesting is that now that he's gotten more comfortable, the the form of art uh, people have, like, looked... The new art that he is producing is not to the... Is not as satisfactory as his earlier work. When he feels... When he was an outsider and was struggling with some forms of anxiety about society. I think Tim Burton and Max Bemis, the lead singer of Say, Say Anything. Anything, are actually really good comparison points because of that. Because I agree with you that as as Max Bemis has gotten older, Say Anything's music has matured, mm-hmm. and he's their music has then changed because of it. And if the fan base hasn't changed, 
that's on the fan base. You can't do anything about that. Yeah, but he's actually still speaking to the real truths that are within inside him, which Mm -hmm. is why I think Say Anything's music is still as good as as it has ever been. Tim Burton, on the other hand, I feel like is still trying to reach back to that sad, lonely guy mm-hmm. that he was but, 30 years ago. But I don't think he can anymore. Or necess- yes, I agree. Like, I agree, yeah. I think that when he was in a relationship with Helena Bonham Carter, like, not, I'm not blaming her on any right, of this. Yeah. I think that his work became a little less terrified of the outside world. I think that he found some sort of, like, peace. And that's when, like... That's when some of his films don't have as much artistic flair to them, and he's not taking as many risks with them, because well, he just, he doesn't feel like he needs to. And also by that time, he had become a popular filmmaker, and so and he didn't not... have to take the- Let me finish sorry, my train sorry, of thought! Sorry, sorry, sorry. So he didn't have to take as many artistic risks, because people were willing to just be like, make this! And yeah. so he's like, okay. Was okay! Tra- I was trying to jump in, because I wasn't finished with my train of thought. <laughs> Which was that, yes, I agree with all of that. Um, my train of thought that I was trying to finish was um, that he's still trying to harken back to this time period and he's not evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. His work, I think, I don't need Tim Burton to make a film. <laughs> I don't need Tim Burton to make a film about how he felt 30 years ago. I need Tim Burton to make films about who he is now and what he's experiencing now in life. And he never tried to do those things differently. So when he is feeling more comfortable and happy in a relationship with a family and kids, he's still trying to be that 20-something outsider. And he's just not that anymore. And I think that's where the problem comes, is when artists are not real to themselves and who they are and what they're doing. Mm And Dumbo just sits here as this kind of flat, bland movie. I don't hate Dumbo by any means. I don't have very lot of nice things to say. I didn't enjoy the second half of the movie all that much. I like the first part more. I will say it's not bad. I I personally like this better than like Miss Peregrine because I think that there is a little bit more heart and substance to this film than what he has had in the past. But at the end of the day, it's still a lesser Tim Burton film. It's still it's still this era of him not really understanding how to make a film with a complete story at this point. He can be a visual storyteller. The worst thing that's ever happened to him was CGI. But, like, fine. Like, if you're going to use CGI, at least tell me a good story. And he's not doing that anymore. And I think with Dumbo, he had a chance to. It was there. All you had to do was take those elements and extrapolate upon them and take the obvious element of, like, dude, the ringmaster's the lead character. Like, go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. anyway. And also, I, I, like, I had made a comment, like, I was hoping he, because, like, I mean, not to get on my soapbox, but I don't like circuses. Yeah, no. Um, so, like, for the obvious reasons of the exploitation of animals, I also think that um, with older circuses, how we view them, the exploitation of just people in general, yeah. um, I think that, I not to say, like, not to say there aren't circuses in ways that aren't, that aren't showcasing people. There's a difference between exploiting and showcasing someone. As an example of something like Cirque du Soleil, which, like, quotation, is a circus in some ways, is a circus performance, that is not exploiting those people as far as I know. That is showcasing their talents. These are a group of people who have been working hard and who are there to show their talents to it. 
However, things like circuses, and especially in the old school, like P.T. Barnum sort of idea of a circus, it was an exploitation of people. Um, and so, like, I was hoping, I was hoping, like, come on, VR circuses are bad film. And, like, uh, it's, it's, I think that that is there as much as Disney could conceivably want to put it in there. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, well, we're, because, we'll let the, an- <laughs> sorry, sorry, we'll let the animals, I don't know if I'm spoiling. Um, I was going to say, because I, uh, to the non-spoilery version thing that I was going to say with that is because the very end and the end of Danny DeVito's arc addresses this. Right. And, and, and I don't think that that's a spoiler in the sense of to say that this film has an arc. I think that, yeah, I won't go into details on it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is true about this film is it doesn't address that issue as strongly as, as I would like it either. It's also, this film seems really clearly directly aimed at children. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, oh, no, they were, they just had the folded newspaper and it just said Henry Winkler. And they were like, oh no, what does the rest of the headline say? Love it. Uh, <laughs> so the film is very clearly directly aimed at children. It is from the score to the script to the performances to everything that's here, I don't think that this movie is really designed for anybody over the age of nine. I really don't. I, 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 and that to me is a problem with the film because it panders. It panders in a way that I don't care for to children. In that way of it just spells things out for you and. Though there, it doesn't do that in every moment, it could have held itself to a higher standard. I'm not saying I don't want Dumbo to not be for children, but I'm saying that this version of the film is only for children. Because there are films that are for children that everybody can enjoy, and that's because they don't pander to anybody. They ask you to in, engage with them intellectually. They present something that's worthwhile for everybody in the audience. This is something worthwhile for somebody who's never seen a movie before. Uh, Kylie, any uh, final thoughts there on the Dumbo? This is my... So I haven't seen Big Eyes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the connoisseurs of context. This is my favorite Tim Burton film since Sweeney Todd. Uh, Big Eyes excluded, I think I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, I, I'm just like... And I'm not trying to say that Big Eyes is any great shakes. Mm-hmm. It's just a worthwhile movie. And that's that's it's hard. A, it's and, a movie? Yeah, it's 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 a movie. Yeah. Um You grab the Planet Hollywood case. Prime numbers in between one and ten. One. You've already lost. Yes. <laughs> what no, it's a prime number. No, it isn't. What why is it not a prime number? Because it doesn't have two factors. Doesn't that make it not a prime number? Prime number can only be divided by itself in one. Sure. It has exactly two factors. One and one. No, it only has one factor. One. Uh, well, itself. One is an identity. And then... One's an identity. It's not a prime or a composite. Th- one is an identity. Who has the degree? Three, three. Three. Two. Um, five? Seven. Nine? No. That's... No. Uh... 13? I said between 1 and 10. Oh, well, we're out. <laughs> the cards were stacked against you. <laughs> okay, well, Josh has the win on this one. 
Yeah, because you won math. So good job. We get we get a win each. Name different movie couples. Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. Give me a second. Okay. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Uh, wait, are these like characters or? Nope, Hollywood couples. Oh, uh, Bogey McCall. Burton and Bowman McCarter. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor and Burton. Great job. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Richard Burton. I don't know people who date. You did it. Good job. I was confused if it wanted like actual like in movie couples. <laughs> Okay. Hollywood. That was a that was a weird round of the Planet Hollywood game. I think the prime numbers was better. If we can go, we can make it a larger swath. Do you want to go between one and a hundred? Hey everybody! If you enjoyed <laughs> this episode, you could join this conversation, and you should totally should. Uh, you could do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five star review or any star review, and that helps us get more listeners. Also, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> And you can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at DWT underscore podcast. YouTubes. Ducks Watch Together. Tumblers. Ducks Watch Together. Letterboxd. WACT and Kylie Gallisher. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry I've had allergies this episode. Why are you apologizing? Well, because I'm just assuming you that... You can't the... change it. Yeah, I know, but, like, you'll, like, edit it, but also I'm sure there's stuff in it that you won't be able to edit out. And, yeah, because yeah, it's underneath me talking. Yeah, and I'm really trying, so, yeah, so... Hi. You probably shouldn't be on the computer. Okay. I tried. <laughs> what did you ask? It's the outro, Kylie. Well, I don't know where you're at. I wasn't I've, paying attention. I've already done the I'm. Okay, Okay, I'm Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. Did quack. you do all the D, the? Yeah, le- we did all of it. I 